on the web one afternoon Found a site that made me swoon It had something for each Harry, Dick, and Tom You can find it in my cache Or http colon slash slash www.wax-work.com And you'll find quite a lot of wax on that there website Quite a lot of wax to view Some people say it wanes but we shall eat their brains And kick them in the crotches too for everyone should love this wondrous website Everyone who wants to live If you don't read all our works You're a bunch of stupid jerks And I'll meet you in the shower with my shiv Waxwork should be what you seek The first Monday of each week Or you won't be very pleased with what I'll do Make you swallow powdered glass Pull your intestines out your ass And some other things that seem unpleasant too Cause there is quite a lot of wax on that there website Quite a lot of wax to view Some people say it wanes but we shall eat their brains And kick them in the crotches too For everyone should love this wondrous website Everybody and their mom Don't make me say it again You've got till the count of ten. Get your ass over to wax.com. Good evening, everyone. My name is Jordan D. White, and I know that you are all very excited to hear who's going to win Recast and Wax. So that's why I'm going to get right to it. I'm not even going to introduce my co-hosts, Frank Allen, Rory Sinjin, and Skate White. I'm just going to get right into it because we have so much amazing stuff to do. Here we have quite a few emails, uh, quite a few, all of which will change the shape of this show forever. Now, let me recap where we are as of right this minute. When we ended our last episode, Rory's Stories from Another World was winning the contest to become the next segment on Cast and Wax. Uh, it had 184,642,707,793.5 votes. The Scape debate was in second place with 70,006,000,000 votes. And Frank Advice was in last place with uh, 16.5 votes. But count no one out. It's still anyone's game. Frank, as the person in last place, would you please read the first email that we got in? For this uh, show. Yeah, sure. Um, okay. Dear Jordan, as professionals who have the privilege of working with Rory Sinjin as students, colleagues, conference co-presenters, and people who've just met him once or twice, we'd like to cast 10 billion votes each for Rory's stories from another world in the name of adding more extra history to the podcast. Also, we're interested to hear more about the world where Jack and Jill's hill turns into a rocket ship. Well, that was my, that was my show. Uh, and we'd like to put in an advance request for another world's version of Lord of the Flies. Maybe you, know, you can tell it to one of us. Sincerely, Dana Dezago, Betty Davis Eyes, Stephen Colbert, Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the Starship Enterprise, Anderson Cooper, and Timothy Bigsby. Wow, that's a lot of votes for Rory Sinjin. Yeah, yeah, it is. Let's see, how many How many people was that? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. So that's 60... <sighs> 60 billion more votes for Rory. Okay, that brings him to, who? what is that, 24. So 244 billion, 642 million, 707,793.5 votes for Rory Sinjin. Still, still keeping him in the lead. Frank, how does that make you feel that uh, so many people are voting for Rory Sinjin? Well, um, I'll be honest, it makes me feel that the world's pretty unfair. I, I think that, uh, 
as as the again as the only person here who has professionally hosted something uh, successfully i i think that i am uh, it's a, it's a grave disservice to me that i only have 16.5 votes i think i should have well it's hard to say how many but more than them more than either of the two other contestants interesting interesting approach okay well uh, uh rory can you read this next one yes of course hi scape uh great i can't believe none of these morons have thought of it so i'm writing in to cast ten votes for your show, Recast and Wax, since ten is the highest, that makes you win by default. I can't wait for the next Scape debate from Billy. Okay, well, Rory, that's a pretty good point. That 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 gives ten more points to Scape, uh, but that is a really high number. Yes, but as I mean, you know, as all of us know, it's not the highest actual number. You know, add one. What about eleven? You know, what about twelve? What about thirteen? What about, for example, two hundred forty-four billion six hundred forty-two million seven hundred seven thousand seven hundred ninety-three point five? That's definitely higher than ten. Well, right. Yeah, it is. Technically, you are correct. So that does bring Scape's totals to seventy billion sixteen votes. Scape, what do you think? Well, I think that's pretty amazing, and I think that that should make me win. Like Barry said, I, that's highest. So somebody's like, how much? Ten. Oh, well, that's. Most, so. Yeah, but it isn't. It depends on the scale. The scale we're working with is a scale of all numbers possible. Oh. Right. So you, you can see how that doesn't quite work. Yeah, I guess so. Scape, uh, I, listen, I, I do want to thank you very much in advance for what you're about to, to, to read for us, because um, as, as the listeners probably may or may not know, Scape can't actually read. So in order to um, quote unquote read this next email, he had to memorize it in advance uh, and escape that it's a it's a kind of a long email, so I I really appreciate that. Oh, it's no problem, Dad. I'm pretty I'm pretty good at stuff. Okay, well, why don't you read us this next email? Okay, hello, wax workers. Okay, my husband Steve listens to your podcast regularly, and some might argue obsessively, but in a friendly, appreciative way, not in a scary stalker way. <laughs> He often plays his favorite segments for me, so I have heard many episodes of Swam Jackson, uh, Scapey Stories, which is the best, also, uh, Rory Stories from Another World, etc. My daughter Katie and her son, quote, 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 unquote, Mr. Wolf, have also written into the show several times, and we have heard your corrective responses, much to our delight and amusement, <laughs> As we listened to last week's episode, I was surprised to find that I had strong feelings regarding the progression of votes for the recasting wax contest. I have not listened to the segments, and yet I feel compelled to send in my own votes based purely on what my own admittedly pregnant, hormone-induced, emotional attachments are to the various competitors. When I first heard about the contest, I felt that my vote would definitely swing towards Scape, rightly so, as I love to hear his adorably self-centered cat perspective on just about anything. Thank you very much. However, I- whoa, wait, what do you mean, however? Just so you know, that is not cool. However, I must say, his unfriendly attitude toward our dear family member Mr. Wolf has certainly tempered my desire to send votes and moist food in his direction. Not fair. FYI, not Fair. <sighs> I was quite surprised when I heard my husband's email on the show last week. As you recall, I'm sure, he voted on behalf of some 140 billion existent and possibly existent people. I was surprised, not because he voted for Rory, but at the discovery of my strong desire for Rory to not win this competition. 
I have been entertained by Rory's extra historical studies, but I did not realize until he pulled ahead in the tally that I found him somewhat despicable and cannot stand by and let him win. I found my heart going out to the earnest, if somewhat misguided, Frank Aaron. I felt anguish when he was left in the dark with a mere 16 votes. Given the rapid excoration, I mean, of votes on last week's episode, I will do my best to contribute to Mr. Allen's undoubtedly deserved win. And so, I place my votes as follows. 500 trillion for Frank Allen. Negative 200 trillion for Rory Sidgen, just in case. And 100 trillion for Scapewright, because I still have much affection for the sleepy furball. So there you have it! Thank you for all your highly entertaining podcast! You have provided our family with many laughs, which is always appreciated. Sarah Joy! Thank you very much, Scapey. That is so much words for you to memorize. I know. It was very difficult to do. Well, you're, you're a very good cat for doing so. Unfortunately, uh, it didn't put you in the lead. Uh, it did get you a lot of votes, but it did not get you the most votes. Um, Sarah, thank you so much for writing into us. I do have to say, I, I did make a rule that you could not send in negative votes. So I will not count the negative 200 trillion votes that you gave to Roy Sinjin, but I will count the 100 trillion votes you gave to Scape and the 500 trillion votes you gave to Frank Allen, which does change the landscape of this uh, podcast pretty substantially. Um, now, Jordan, that's actually not quite fair. What? Okay, Rory, well, you're not supposed to talk out of turn, but why is that unfair? Well, because, as you correctly pointed out, she did send in negative votes. So, really, you should discount her entire, you know, her entire, um, um, vote. Ah, no, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the 500 trillion she sent for Frank Allen are not affected by the negative 200 trillion. Well, but, yes, but I I don't see, but she, because she sent in, she broke the rule, therefore her entire vote should not count. No, Rory, I mean, listen, realistically speaking, if she had realized, I mean, all she's doing is she's giving you negative votes, but she's giving everyone votes. So if she had realized that she wasn't supposed to send in negative votes, which I'm sure, you know, she would have if she had listened to that episode, she just would have given 700 trillion to Frank and 300 trillion to Scape and then none to you, which is the same number mathematically. In fact, I could just adjust it that way. No, no, that's not, no, that's not fair. not, I mean, I, well, I'm not going to do that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give Frank his 500 trillion. I'm going to give Scape his 100 trillion. And I'm going to give nothing to you. Not, not not the negative 200 trillion that she wants me to give you. Well, that really isn't fair. I think it's it's pretty fair. Well, thank you, Frank. Uh, so, so that means we now are, there's a different lead in place. Uh, with 500 trillion 16.5 votes, uh, Frank Allen is now in the lead. Second place going to Scape with 100 trillion 70 billion 16 votes. And uh, Rory's in last place with 244,642,707,793.5 votes. Not enough to keep you alive in this game. All right. Uh, Frank, do you want to read this next one? Yeah, of course. Uh, Dear Jordan D. White, I'm writing to vote in the Recast and Wax reality show. My name is Alexis de Simone. And I represent Yahoo. After your second installment, in which Frank Allen read and responded to questions on Yahoo Answers, traffic to Yahoo Answers and other Yahoo sites increased dramatically. I understand that this tactic was only used in place uh, due to lack of email sent for the first show, the implication being that if Frank Advice takes off and more people email in, he will not need to use Yahoo Answers to fill in his showtime. However, 
Our market projections show that if Frank Allen were to give advice based on at least one question from our site each episode, that our business would benefit greatly. I realize we cannot ask Frank to guarantee this, but I hope our votes will help to further his cause and that if voted in, Frank will consider continuing to use Yahoo Answers on Frank Advice. In this spirit, Yahoo would like to offer, officially and appropriately, one sextillion votes for Frank Advice. Sincerely, Alexis de Simone, Vice President of Research and Development, Yahoo. Wow! Wow, Frank, that's a lot of votes. I don't know if that is even a real number. Is it? I'm, I'm assuming it is, so I think you should just look it up. Why don't you, uh, why don't you, you can go look it up on Yahoo. Ah, well, I mean, I use, I use Google, so I'm, I'm gonna Google No, it. just, I, I mean, I think you should just look it up on Yahoo, though, if you're gonna. No, Frank, I have a search engine that I use, and, uh, it's called, uh, Google. I mean, Google is the, the, the one that I use. Names of large numbers. Let's see. Wikipedia. Oh, sextillion. It's, wow, it's real, and it's quite big. Okay. It's, uh, 10 to the... T 21st power, so let's see. Trillion is to the 12th power, so nine more zeros. There we go. Okay, so now I've got it down. Uh, it's, wow, it's, uh, Frank is now in the lead with one sextillion, 500 trillion, 16.5 votes. Um, Frank, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I just, I don't know why you had to look that up on Google. Because Google is the be the best search engine on the entire internet, obviously. You know, sometimes I use Bing once in no, a while. No, Bing. Get out of here, Bing. I don't care. Look, I'm not, I don't care about Bing. I'm saying you should use Yahoo, because Yahoo just wrote us that email. Yeah, but I, we're not biased. I'm not biased towards, you know, thank you for listening, Mr. Guy who works at Yahoo, but I'm not biased towards Yahoo just because one person writes in, and they're not even talking about me. I mean, they says, dear me, but it doesn't even say anything nice about my show. It says something nice about your show, which is that it makes them money. Whoop-de-doo. Um, you know, Google is a better search engine, so I'm going to use that over Yahoo. It's ridiculous. Well, okay, look, I use Yahoo all the time. I don't, I mean, I don't know why you even say that. Is Yahoo even a search engine anymore? I, I mean, I don't even know that it exists. Of course, it, of course it's still a search engine. <sighs> is that, is that true? Yeah, of course, yes, it's, it is, and I use it all the time. You do? Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I would try to ask you a question about it to catch you in a lie, but I, I don't use it ever, so I don't have a question ready. Because, and you couldn't, anyway, look, look, it just, thank you very much for your, your uh, sextillion votes, uh, guy from Yahoo. What was his name? I, look, I don't know. I already closed the email. <sighs> well, thank you very much for your votes. Uh, uh, DeSimone. Something DeSimone. DeSimone, I think. Well, I could be... I don't know how to pronounce it. Okay, look. Uh, thank you for your votes. Yes, of course. I'd be happy to, to give Yahoo my business and to help them get their own business by having them... Yes, thank you. So is my point. Thank you. Fine, fine, fine. Rory, can you please um, read this next email? Yes, fine. Sextillion. It doesn't sound like a real number to me. But it is a real number. All right, fine. Um, hello, everyone. I know it's been a while, so I just wanted to say hi and possibly put it in vote for Frank Advice. Uh, you know, another one. Now, before Rory and Scape start anything, let me explain. Well, too late, but fine. Frank, your advice was good, but also hilarious. I nearly fell out of my seat. And before you get bent out of shape, let me also explain. You said what advice was on your mind. You're also trying to help those who are seeking advice. Now, if you moved to a different subject other than love, sex, and relationships, that would give your show variety if you win. Rory, I did enjoy your stories and the idea behind it, but I think in another world you might improve with other versions of different stories. Well, yeah, I would have done that in this world. <sighs> Fine. Scape, you're adorable 100%, but if your show wins, I would love to see you as host and not contestant. Get your views from both parties and be able to declare one of them a winner. You guys are doing an amazing job, and I can't wait to see who wins. Thank you, Lauren Raza. Well, thank you, uh, Lauren. So is that a vote for Frank? Uh, yeah, clearly that was a vote for me. All right, well, I'll give... 
one vote for Frank. That puts him up to one sextillion five hundred trillion seventeen point five votes. Um, Scape, uh, do you want to uh, go ahead and read the uh, next email that you memorized? The next email chronologically that came in. Yes, uh, yes, definitely. Uh, hey, Jordan, uh, I just wanted to clarify my amount of votes for the different shows. For Frank Allen, I want to give seven hundred one trillion point five votes. For Scapey, I give him 2.1 million votes. Okay. And for Rory, I give him 200,000 votes. My next thing that I forgot to ask was to Rory, why do you get offended when the other host pronounced the French guy name wrong? But with yours, if we pronounce it properly, it would be Rory Saint John, not Rory Sin Jin. So, are we supposed to pronounce Sin Jin or Saint John? Because if you're going to be picky about pronunciation, then maybe that one should be pointed out. As always, love you guys, and even now having my new friends from work listening to the podcast, mostly because I got asked why I have been laughing so much this week. <laughs> uh, Lauren. Oh, okay. So Lauren, that was Lauren Raza again. She she wrote in to clarify her number of votes, uh, giving seven hundred one trillion point five to Frank, uh, two point one million to Escape, and two hundred thousand to Rory. Which brings the the uh, the number now to oh gee whiz. One sextillion, one quadrillion, two hundred and one trillion, seventeen votes for Frank. One hundred trillion, seventy billion, two million, one hundred thousand, sixteen for Scape. And two hundred forty-four billion, six hundred forty-two million, nine hundred seven thousand, seven hundred ninety-three point five votes. Rory This is really unfair. I don't see how it's unfair that people are giving more votes to people who are not you. Well, because they, I didn't, because they shouldn't. So. I don't, I, I don't see it. But anyway, Frank, uh, next one, please. Fine. Uh, we are Borg. You will all be assimilated. Uh, resistance is futile. All possible worlds exist. Rory's stories from another world is truth. Rory's stories from another world will reign eternal. Uh, all possible worlds will be assimilated. Rory stories will be assimilated. Rory will be assimilated. You will be assimilated. Resistance is futile. We are Borg. Now, okay, I, I, I know I said it has to be a real number. So I mean, I really shouldn't count this. Well, no, you really should count it because there's lots of Borg and they they all vote for me clearly. Well, there's. I mean, I think to be fair, I can only count this as one vote. What? No, that's not fair. Of course, it's fair. Look, they only are sending in one email. With one thing saying Rory stories from another world is truth. So I can count the Borg, one, all of the Borg as one person and um, give you one vote. So that brings you up to 244,642,907,794.5 votes. Okay. Um, Rory, speaking of you, why don't you read the next one for us? Yes, sure. Why not? Um, Middle States Commission on Higher Education. Notice of evaluation. Visit. Uh, attention. Rory Sinjin, President Hirohito Loveberger Institute for Extra Historical Studies. What? Dear President Sinjin, well, I'm writing to notify you of an evaluation visit from the Middle States Commission on Higher Education following concerns raised regarding the allocation of tuition funds to the Hirohito Institute of Extra Historical Studies. Your evaluation committee will be on campus the first week in November. Please have your representative contact me. To solidify the evaluation schedule, your committee will require access to personnel and files from your finance and admissions departments, all vice presidents, and a random selection of faculty, staff, and students. 
Your committee will also review your strategic plan with specific attention to your five-year and ten-year budget plans. Uh, specifically, it will be the evaluation committee's responsibility to determine if tuition income is being spent appropriately and if financial aid packages are being developed in such a way that they best serve your student population while ensuring the long-term viability of the school. The committee may also explore other areas of concerns arise about other core requirements for accreditation, and I appreciate your cooperation in the investigations. If the committee determines your budget is sound, your accreditation will not be disturbed. If not, the Hirohito Loveberger Institute for Extra Historical Studies will be put on report and scheduled for a re-evaluation in six months. Please contact me if you have any questions. We look forward to working with you sincerely. Ellen Knightley, the Bronx Manhattan Coordinator for the Middle States Commission on Higher Education. Well, uh, you know, there was no vote in there, Jordan. You're right. Um, but it was just, it was an email we got in, so. This, I don't know why they sent it to this email rather than my work email, but, you know, this is, this is private Hirohito Loveberger Institute business. But it was sent to this email, so. <sighs> Fine, well, all right, I suppose we're going to be evaluated due to our tuition concerns. I, I don't, you know, I don't see why. All right, well, fine. Um, thank you for this. Uh, what is your name? Ella Knightley, Miss Knightley, Miss Knightley, I suppose, is what I should say. Um, of course, we'll be happy to cooperate, you know. Uh, yes, thank you. Great, okay. Uh, so, uh, Scape. Yes! Y your other email that you memorized? Oh, of course. Uh, here we go. Um, how's it start? Right. Hey, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry for so many emails this month. Anyway, every day at work, I have the awesome chance to catch up with older episodes. Rory, in episode 119, when you filled out the grant form for Jordan, the stipulation for the grant was that Dr. Rothberger was mentioned each time in the podcast or there would be legal actions taken upon the show. You stated that even though it was Jordan's grant... That since it involved extra history, that you you would every so be the one to mention about the grant. When I heard this tonight, and then remembering that you said in a more recent episode that because of the grant was in Jordan's name, that it was his responsibility, which is why I'm sending this email. It's not right of you to tell him before you came into money again that you would help him, and then when you did get back on your feet that it wasn't your responsibility. That is not right. I think that because you went back on a promise that now you should give back to the show by putting out your own money for celebrities. And again, I can't stress this enough that I do believe in extra history. But you shouldn't go back on your word. Your word should be your bond, especially coming from a higher and noble society such as London. Okay? Also, Jordan, uh, I really love that birthday song that you have played before and still waiting for ukulele version of Queen Somebody to Love Me. Okay, this is the last email. Uh, if not, talk to you guys soon. Lauren. Oh, that was from uh, Lauren Raza again. Uh, thank you very much. Rory, that is a good point. You did you did say that you were going to What take is the difference? Of... You, don't, you didn't care about the grant in the first place. I now have money again. It doesn't matter, you know, just because I haven't seen, you know, June for a while, but I'm sure everything is fine. Whoa, 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 whoa. You haven't seen June for a while? Well, uh, no, because... When I, you know, after the, I mean, I haven't seen her since before the last podcast, but because when we had the last podcast, it was, she was, I didn't know what she was doing, but she definitely was shortly thereafter not at her place because she had somewhere to go. She said she had business. The letter I got said she had business and she would be back at some point soon and that I shouldn't, you know, wait for her. But um, I'm assuming that everything is fine. I mean, of course, I have been waiting for her. So there we are. 
what what was the point? Well, you didn't you were you didn't take care of the grant. You were supposed to take care of yes, it. Yes, but again, you didn't care about the grant. So it doesn't matter. Nobody needs the grant anymore. Nobody needs the money anymore. Is there going to be legal action? I, I don't believe so. You know, I, 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 it would be quite surprising if June took legal action. Um, you know, but uh, yes, that's fine. Thank you, Lauren, for writing in. You know, it is totally fair, and I, I agree that London is a wonderful place. But you know, I have my own higher noble society wherever I go because I, I carry it with me. Right, 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 right. Okay, well, Frank, we're back to you. Okay, uh, this one says, oh, uh, here we are. A Googleplex of points to each contestant who can lick his own butt. Carter Hannigan. Wow! A Googleplex of points if you can lick your own butt. I can do that! That's true, you can, Scape. Why don't you demonstrate? Yeah, okay. Yep, yep. That is amazing. Frank, Rory, can either of you do this? Well, um, I, don't I, know. I, I, I think mean, I it can. depends on what counts. Well, what do you mean it depends on what counts? Well, I I I I, I mean, if I I d I don't think I could actually get my tongue to my anus. But, you know, if I I could I could lick my finger and then rub my my anus with it. Okay, that's just kinkiness that we don't need to have on the podcast. I agree, Frank. I agree. Yeah, I, but I'm just saying. That also goes against the spirit of it. I think that the spirit of it is the butt being tasted by the, the tongue. Yep, yep, yep. like that, yep. like that. Well, then I could, I mean, I, I could rub my fingers on my anus and then, and then what? And then I could lick my butt tasting fingers. Oh, oh God, yeah. Rory. I'm not, I, I didn't say I was... Going to. I just said I, I probably could. You're going to do that for this. You're going to do that for points on a podcast. Well, I didn't say that. I was not for certain. But All right. Well, then I can't give you the Well, points. no. I mean, I, I, I would if I could. Well, you can. If you just said you can rub your fingers. I mean, listen, that's disgusting. I would never do that. And I don't think you should do that either. That's humiliating. But if you're going to rub your fingers on your butthole and then lick your fingers. Would you count that? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, Frank, would, I, would that count? Uh, oh, that's tough. Because I don't want him to win, but I do kind of want him to uh, to lick his, his butt fingers. I'll tell you what. It, it, you can't just rub it on the anus. You have to go in. Now, hang on. Ah, uh, well, that sort of makes sense. That sort of makes sense. Just to make sure it's Well, really... I, d I don't see that that's fair. Well, that's the ruling. That's the ruling I made. Ah, uh, Frank. Well, to be fair, Rory, I mean, you're kind of on your honor on that because we're not going to, like, watch. I mean, you're just going to have to stick your hand down your pants. We're not going to, I mean, we're not going to really watch you. Do it. Oh, I was gonna do that. I watch theme song. No, no, because we're not gonna, we're not gonna watch his actual, um, you know. Oh. Right, right, right. We're not gonna do that. All right. Well, fine, fine. Here we go. Oh, okay. <sighs> wow. <sighs> wow. Okay. Well, Rory did it. Rory presumably stuck his fingers in his butt and then licked it. Um, that's disgusting. Uh, so let me see. How many points? Did it say? A Googleplex, a Googleplex of points, which puts me soundly ahead of Frank, if not Scape yet. Oh, um, ooh, actually, um, what? W uh, well, what it is is that he said uh, a Googleplex of points. He did say that, um, but he said a Googleplex, G-O-O-G-L-E-P-L-E-X, which is the name of the Google corporate headquarters, speaking of Yahoo. No, not speaking of Yahoo. Well, fine, but uh, it's the Google corporate headquarters. It's called the Googleplex. Um, the number... Googleplex is uh, G O O G O L P L E X. So this is not actually a real number. What? No, no, that's not fair. No, I said, I said it has to be a real number. I said it has to be an actual, real number. So I'm afraid I can't uh, award either of you 
points. I'm sorry, Skate. Oh, come on. It's so I, I can't. I can't. It's not a real number, so you licked your butt for nothing. Well, whatever. I don't care about that. Well, I care about that. I'm, look, Rory, I'm really sorry. I mean, there's nothing I can do. I said it has to be a real number. And uh, Googleplex, the corporate headquarters of Google, is not a number, no matter how you slice it. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, he, uh, Rory, that, that does seem true. As if you think that's unfortunate. You didn't want me to have more points than you. Well, no, no, I don't. That, I guess, fortunately, that's not true. Yeah, yeah, that is that's too bad. I'm sorry, uh, 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 Carter. Was it? Uh, you, your, your votes, I, I'm afraid, cannot count. Uh, but Rory, can you read us the next one? Yes, sure. Um, a Googleplex points to whoever says extra history is bull without hesitation or prevarication. Donald Duncan. Extra history is not going to say it. Complete bull. It's not real. It's bull. Now, why did you bother? Because I want the point. No, but obviously, it's another. Googleplex, it's it's the same corporate headquarters. It's not the real thing. Oh well, fine. It's uh, I mean, extra history is still bull. So <laughs> well, I mean, it's not so uh, right. Well, fine, Donald Duncan, nice try, but it doesn't work that way. Escape. Uh, do you want to read your um next email that you memorized? Yeah, sure. Uh, a Google of points to whoever can achieve the most push-ups in two minutes. Carnal Fitness. Okay, let me, J- uh, Jordan, can you tell me how to spell that? Oh, uh, boo, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't have the email with me. I had to skate memorize it. Oh, uh, well, I, I don't know how to spell it. Uh, Google. Google. Uh, it's like G O O O G O. No, I don't think that's how he spelled Well, all right. Tell you what, uh, here's what we're going to do. I will start the timer for two minutes right now, and, uh, and then while, while the, while you guys are, are doing push-ups or not, I suppose. That's up to you. I will look up the email and see how it was spelled originally. Well, no, I mean, I don't want to do push-ups if it's not worth it. Yes, I mean, please. Well, you never know. So, all right, uh, starting now. Oh, oh, that's not fair. I don't know how to do push-ups. Well, Scape, I'm sorry. Oh, God. Well, this is not fair. But, uh, let me find this email. <sighs> look, uh, okay, well, Rory, I mean, you're not going to do any. No, why should I? No, we, we're not going to do any. No. Right, right. So, you, yeah, good. You don't do any. I'll just, I mean, I'll just do a quick one. Wait, no, you can't do one. If I'm not going to do any, you can't do any. Well, I'm, but that's what, I mean, you please don't do any. You're probably right. It's probably spelled wrong. So, I'm just going to do a quick push up here. Well, no, that's <sighs> not fair. Okay, then I'm going to do one as well. Oh, well, I'm, 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 <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> you, know, you just <laughs> do what you want. <laughs> I'll do more <laughs> than you. <laughs> 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 Oh. Okay, it's spelled wrong. It's spelled wrong. Oh, please. What? Oh. That's not fair. That's so not fair. It's true. It's true. It's true. Well, which one of you got more? Just uh, out of curiosity. I did, clearly. No, no, it was me. Well, how many did each of you get? Ah, oh, I, mean, I thought you were counting. No, I was doing the email. Well, I, I mean, I was busy doing push-ups, so I didn't count. Well, it's fine, because nobody scored, so it doesn't make a difference. All right. Uh, where were we? So that was Scape. Just did that one. Um, uh, Frank, here's the next one for you. Greetings to the cast of Cast and Wax. Uh, I wish to send my word of appreciation to your show. Uh, your entertaining podcast has provided me with... Much diversion from my tedious duties as monarch. Uh, it grieved me endlessly to see Frank Allen's investigative uh, variety hour discontinued. Since then, your show has been the last beacon of hope in my dreary world. Indeed, I am eternally grateful to you and your podcast for providing a venue for my favorite entertainer. As a token of my gratitude, please accept this gift of one centillion votes for Frank Advice. Uh, very truly yours, Mohammed the... Uh, Sixth 
King of Monaco. Oh, jeez, Louise, one centillion. God, is that a real number? Okay, let me look that one up. Uh, go Google this one. No, just can you can you not just go just Yahoo it? No, I'm not Yahooing it. I'm just Googling it. Okay. Uh, ooh, let's see. Um, huh. Okay, well, this is weird. Uh, guess what's that? Uh, well, a centillion is a real number, and it's it's actually the highest. It's the highest uh, uh, a number with a with an with a name ending in alien, which is included in uh in most dictionaries. All right, well. Here's the thing. Centillion is an enormous number, uh, according to Wikipedia, which refers to either 10 to the 303rd power or 10 to the 600th power. Well, so, I mean, then if it's not clear what kind of number it is, I, I, can, I can say it's probably not a real number. Ah, uh, I mean, it is a real number. It's just that in, in United States usage, which is, I guess, where we are, it's 10 to the 303rd power. And in uh, in um, British and uh, 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 European usage, it's, it's 10 to the 600th power so rory you should be familiar with it in um in its higher form it doesn't matter I, it's, it's not a real number no, it is a real number it's just kind of unclear what you know, what that number means i mean it's coming from the prince of monaco who is neither european nor american so all right I, i'm gonna score it as a, a, an american centillion because i'm american so uh all right one centillion frank that brings you up to uh one centillion one sextillion one quintillion 201 billion 17 votes which definitely still puts you in the lead that is amazing thank you everyone for for writing in to vote for me that is awesome uh your your highness uh, king of monaco i'm glad you like it i i can't wait to do more shows for you oh have you done shows for him before no i'm i mean i meant in the you know in the uh in the general sense okay um rory can you read the next one for us absolutely um jordan i was unaware that write-in votes were allowed until i had someone vote for lynn nelson on last episode well i would like to show my support for lynn too i'm not sure what kind of show she would do for recast and wax but i'm sure whatever she came up with would be awesome to that end please allow me to submit one google votes that's 10 to the 100th power or 10 duo trigentillion for lynn nelson that being said, I really enjoyed all the official recast and wax submissions and hope we get to hear more of them all in the future, regardless of who wins the contest. Thank you for all you do. Cast and Wax is the best show on the internet, bar none. Sincerely, Remix Overdrive. Oh, uh, well, that's that's interesting. I, I don't know if I really count write-in votes, but um, that does uh, that does increase Lynn's number of votes to one Google One um, votes, uh, which, oddly enough, is not more than one centillion, one sextillion one quintillion 201 billion 201 trillion 17 votes which wrote which frank i mean currently has i almost said rory has it that would have been crazy oh yes that would have been crazy oh rory just settle down um all right well lynn uh lynn is that does put lynn in second place though but i'm still not sure if i'm gonna count that uh, i mean she wasn't officially a part of the the vote so uh, I, I will read this next email because um, otherwise it would be scape and uh, uh, this one I, I think it's just going to sound better coming from not scape um, hi Jordan I want to vote for Jordan D. White actually I want to vote for all of them scape debate and scapey stories and don't believe it and ukulele I like when scape said cry for your mommy Wahaha. he's the funniest guy I've ever seen Mr. Wolf says hi he wants scape to hear this he said I am a dog ha 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 love ya Love Katie and Steve and Mr. Wolf. Okay, that is not good. That is not good for a dog to be going ha ha 
Uh, here's what I have to say to you, dog. You are a smelly, stupid dog. Also, you probably have a tongue that's going like this. Because that's what dogs do with their stupid old tongues. They are going, hey, I'm a dog. I have a tongue. Escape, you had your tongue out earlier and you were using it to lick your butt. Well, that's that different because that, that is about hygiene, okay? That is about keeping clean. That is about being a good cat. And showering regularly because I shower with my tongue, okay? Dogs don't use their tongues to clean. Dogs use their tongues to dirty. They are drooling and they go, Hey, how's it going? Messy, messy. Oh, that's true. Okay, so, anyway, Mr. Wolf, uh, you're wrong about something. I don't know what. You said love you. No, you don't love me. Well, I, I mean, I don't love you because you're a dog. Dog. Okay. Thank you for that, Scapey. Uh, but Scape, uh, will you please read the next email, which you did, of course, memorize for me? Yes, of course. Okay, thank you. Uh, dear Rory Sinjin, um, I'm very pleased to write you as my first letter of resident in the United States. I arrive here and am very excitement for study of what the wise reader John Baptist call extra history. Several also of friends mine have arrived here in city New York, but they know perhaps fewer language, so I write to you. We are wandering around information with regard to financial aid for attending the school. Will this inclusive of housing? Right now, we are lived near famous New York sightseeing landmark beneath Broke Line Bridge. But some county men this have caused worry in the case winter arrive. Also, I have caught information that there is an action. We give you 17 billion of vote in hope of good news. End it, Fister. Okay, well, 17 billion votes. I mean, it, it helps. Uh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm afraid it, it, he actually said 17, uh, 17 billion of votes. As in, I'm sorry, as in gold bullion? I'll, I mean, I'll take that too. No, I don't think he was promising you 17 gold bullion. I think uh, uh, he, he just misspoke. Well, if I misspoke, then you know what he meant. Well, I mean, we knew what they meant about the Googleplex before too. Well, yes, I should have those points too. But there was rule. Okay, no. Rory, we we set very simple rules that were very straightforward, and they said we're gonna, you know, follow those rules. Uh, come on, Jordan, please. We still have a couple letters. Thing, it could, it's anyone's game. It's anyone's game. Frank, do you want to uh, read the next one? Yes, of course. Dear Mister White, thank you for clearing things up in your recent letter. I assure you, there is no cause to worry that you will be shot for expressing anti-Cuba opinions. Firstly, there is no reason to have these, as we work very hard to make sure Cuba is very nice. Secondly, we have very good control of the media, so you would not be able to spread these views very far anyway. Sorry for any confusion or fear of being shot you may have felt. Also, since I now know one can vote more than once, I will cast 11,241,161 times for the cat. Uh, that is one for every resident of Cuba. When shall we expect you, Raul Castro, President of the Republic of Cuba? Okay, well that brings Scape's uh, votes, first of all, up to uh, 100 trillion, 70 billion 13,341,177 votes, uh, which still keeps him in second place. Raul, I am not moving to Cuba. Let me just say it this way. I am not moving to Cuba. Uh, as for why, I've got some big news uh, about why, but I can't say it yet. I want to finish this contest first. Okay, but trust me when I tell you, Raul, I have big, big reasons why I won't be leaving the United States anytime soon. 
All right, here we go. We have a grand total of one vote left. Uh, Rory, it's anyone's game. This could change everything. So uh, just throw it out there, okay? All right, here it is. Um, oh, come on. Rory, poker face, come on. You're ruining the show. Fine, fine, fine. Dear Jordan, I just wanted to add a trillion votes for Scape. I thought his show was pretty fun. Slam Jackson. Okay, uh, one trillion more votes, so that brings Scape up to 101 trillion, 70 billion, 13 million, 341,177 votes, which means he is still in second place, and with one centillion, one sextillion, one quintillion, 201 trillion, 17 votes, Frank Allen is the winner of Recast and Wax. I will have you all know that in preparation for this episode, we recorded three, yes, three all-new shows, one new Frank Advice, one new Scape Debate, and one new Rory Stories from Another World, but only the winner gets to be broadcast. Now, here is your victor, Frank Advice. Hello, and welcome to Frank Advice. My name is Frank Allen, and get ready for some Frank Advice. Uh, with me, I have a special guest who will be giving out advice to you as we answer your questions from the internet. Um, I really like the internet. Well, it's so much fun. It is. It really is. Those of you who are familiar with my uh, my long-term uh, work in my previous shows might remember this gentleman from an episode of Tractor Fiction uh, in which he acted as my expert on Dungeons & Dragons. His name, of course, is uh, Martin Youngkill. Say hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Excellent. Now, uh, Martin... Uh, we're going to be shifting away from your area of expertise of Dungeons and Dragons, and uh, we're probably going to be focusing a little bit more on, uh, I don't know, things like relationships. And I, I brought my dodecahedron with me. Well, that'll, I'm sure, help, right? I mean... Do you know of a situation where a dodecahedron doesn't help? God. Uh, not one where it specifically doesn't help, I guess, but... All right, well, let's see what we, what we can find question-wise for us to answer. Uh, here's one. Can physical attraction lead to romance in this case? I have a friend I really like. We've dated before, and I thought it was great, but we're just friends now. He's a good friend to me, and we talk all the time. I know he finds me attractive, and we flirt sometimes, but when it comes up, he says... Sadly, it's just because he thinks I'm pretty, and not really because he has romantic feelings for me. Is it possible that he'll start to like me more romantically? Uh, that's a really good question. What do you think, Martin? I think... I don't really know firsthand if physical attraction can lead to romance, but I know that lack of physical attraction leads to lack of romance. That's so true. the reverse must be correct. Well, I, I don't know if that always follows, but... Well, I mean, we can take examples from your life. I mean, have you ever been in a situation where you were physically attracted to a woman, but not romantically attracted to her? In character or out of character? Um, ooh, uh, that's a good question. Uh, I guess whichever one's more apt. In character. Okay. Yeah. That's happened? So, like, there was a character who had, like, a... a, a Plus two sort of smiting. And that made you more attracted? To her? Made her more attracted to me. That's okay. She was an NPC, though. Okay, an NPC. All right. Oh, I just noticed, actually, there's a, an addition. It says uh, additional details. Uh, this person updated saying, when we first started dating, he pursued me and told me that he really liked you. Well, I would say that kind of clears a lot of things up, that when he liked you, he told you he liked you, and now he doesn't like you, and he tells you he doesn't like you. I'm kind of confused. Well, basically, where I'm going with this, imagine if you were a girl, if you would, Martin. Okay. Have you ever played a girl in your games? No, that's that's totally gender bending. Oh, you don't do that? Okay. No. Well, imagine you did, and then a character comes up and says, "I like you. I would, I would woo you." So you would probably think this person likes me. Usually, if I 
do that. I just get laughed at. Well, that's fine. I think maybe you're thinking of real life. The the point is, person whose name I don't know. Here's my advice to you. I think uh, you could you could probably write this guy off because what, like you said, when he said he liked you, that was when he liked you. Now he says he doesn't like you. He doesn't like you. Uh, find somebody who is attracted to you and also interested in you. Uh, you know, give up. Don't you think give up is a good advice? Yeah. It's- it's helped me out a lot in the past. I think metaphorically speaking, I think th- this guy has a has a lot is is a much higher level than you, right? Has he been taking a lot of like skill points? Yeah, I think I think he's he's leveled up faster than she has, and uh, now she's trying to take him on, but he's out of her class. Hmm. She should get into some prestige classes, and then that that will give her an advantage. Well, that's possible. And she should go for something with a lower challenge rate. Um, well, let's let's move on to the next question. Can someone please help? With a question mark after many exclamation points. There is a girl at my job that I really like, and I think that I've been getting mixed signals from her. Sometimes it seems like she's interested in me, and other times it's hard to tell. I still try to make it obvious to her that I'm interested in her, but there's this other guy whom works there as well, whom is thin-cut and good-looking in her eyes, I'm guessing. I'm a little overweight, but have a good personality, and I'm always outgoingly nice to everyone I meet. I used to always get this girl to laugh all the time and talk to her all the time. I still talk to her, but this guy is getting her to laugh, and, and stuff I did in the past few weeks, he even brought her her favorite drink. She told him that was sweet. If I did it, I would probably just get, um, thank you, like... Why did you do that? If she does that, I'm going to say I'm not talking to anyone here again. I really like this girl. And though this other person is not bad, it would really hurt me. I have true, sincere feelings for this girl. I think that she is the most beautiful that I have met. I love her inside and out. Ever since I first met her a year ago, she has just become more and more interesting to me every day. I would do anything for this girl. I would go to the ends of the earth for her. I love her that much. Yeah, I know what it's like to be passed over in in, in favor of someone who might be a little better looking and may, maybe better built than me. But you know what works for me is just finding a hobby that takes your mind off that most beautiful girl that ever lived. And All right. just like every time you want to think about that girl, you just attend to that hobby instead. Like just like. You know, this new game that I joined that we do every Wednesday night. I'm just going to do a little extrapolating here. Uh, are you saying that every time you think about Dungeons & Dragons, you're really thinking about a, a girl you like? Not really. I mean, you know, there are just a lot of points when playing Dungeons & Dragons that you're not really thinking about girls. Like, for example, you're hoisting your plus 10 Florida smiting and just, like, putting it right through someone. And just like that moment of penetration is just so exciting. When the moment of so, something so right gratifying about about doing that. The moment know? of penetration. Yes. It, it takes your mind off of women. No, it's just really fun. It just it just feels good. Well, there are times when just playing the game takes your mind off women, but you know, just penetrating someone with that big huge sword is just pure innocent fun. You know, just. Innocent fun. So basically, what you're saying is, uh, you 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 clear your mind of sexual things completely. There's nothing sexual going on in your brain. You're just sticking it in people as hard as you can instead, and it just wipes all that stuff away. Yeah, it's almost magical. It's almost magical. Okay. Um, well, that's. I mean, that's some pretty good advice. Just well, I almost said just stick it in someone. But don't, of course, because that's real life. In real life, you would hurt someone. But like you said, if you can 
find a hobby that you can lose yourself in. Perhaps you can... I mean, here's the thing. You would do anything for this girl. You would go to the ends of the earth for this girl. Leave her alone. How about that? I mean, this, you're saying this girl, this is a girl who, if you brought her her favorite drink, she'd be like, why did you give me this? She doesn't sound like that great of a girl. So if you really want to make her happy, let leave her alone. There's a guy she likes, right? Exactly. Even though it really, really hurts. There are ways to take your mind off that hurt. Yeah, there are ways to take your mind off that hurt. For example, uh, I mean, I I am a big fan of uh, hosting shows. Whenever I have a problem in my life, I host a show. So let me let me extrapolate from this. Oh, okay. So every week when you're on your show, you're actually having a problem at the same time. Well, I mean, yes, I have not had a lot of time in my life when I don't have a problem. But what kind of problems well, are they? Okay, sometimes they are women. Sometimes they are personal, not women problems. Sometimes they are professional problems. So you have problems with women every week too? No, huh? I didn't say every week. I didn't say every week because sometimes they're professional. Look, I, I, recently I have not had the best history with women. I, you know, I thought that Alicia was gonna. I, okay, well, no, look, this I, I, we're not here to talk about my personal life. We're here to talk about lots of other people's personal lives and help them. It's with, okay. Well, yes, it, it is okay. It's okay for us to. Okay, it's okay for us to work this out. So, uh, here's a, here's another question uh, that'll get our minds off this. My mom is always criticizing what I wear. I'm 14, for your information. My mom always finds something wrong with what I wear. She's so worried about what people will say. She wants me to dress like everyone else, but I don't want that. I try to ignore her, but it causes a fight. Like today, we were at Journey's End, and I was wearing a button-up dress shirt and a cardigan. She goes ahead and ruins my mood by saying, Zokchitl, my name, why are you wearing that? People are staring, and I reply, why do you care so much about the people? What are they going to do to you? It's always the people with her. Always. She's always saying how she doesn't care about what they think, yet she does. And it's only her. People at my school compliment my style. One even said it would be the next big thing, which I highly doubt, by the way. I don't know why she's so worried. It's not like I dress trashy, slutty, or provocative. What do you think, Martin? I think Zoctil should be the new name of my next character. I got this new campaign that's coming up every Thursday night. I think it's going to be really cool. What, okay, well, are you going to have this uh, this character dress in um, a button-up shirt and a cardigan? No. He get killed pretty fast. He's not wearing armor. Yeah, but, you know, what? What? listen, what uh, What does this character care what other people think? You know, he doesn't it's have to not, wear armor. It's not so much caring about what other people think. It's more caring about... How quickly you're going to get killed in a in a sword fight? Just because I'm saying, just because everybody else is wearing armor doesn't mean you have to wear armor. It is true. There's a little bit of peer pressure. You know, the barbarians never wear armor, and yeah. if they just get angry enough, they just rage and they, they just like beat everyone up. So you don't you don't you don't have to wear armor just because you know yeah people are gonna swing swords at you, but like okay, don't let them push you around. Just wear what you want. You want to wear a cardigan? Wear a cardigan. And if they do try to push you around, just get angry like the barbarians and rage and, like, beat them. So I think that's our advice to you, uh, Zuck, Zuck, Jittle. Um, uh, if your mother tries to do this to you again, just rage. Just rage at her. And then her, you know, her metaphoric attacks on you will bounce off of you. And, you know, you'll probably frighten her, I imagine. It's just like wearing armor. Very much so. All right, here's another one. It says, uh, please answer. Does he think I'm hot? There is this guy at school, and he's really cute. And when I got up once, I'm pretty sure I saw him look at my bum. I also caught him looking at me and smiling a little, and I could tell that he'd been looking at me for a while. 
Does this mean he thinks I'm hot and have a cute bum? Lol, 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 lol. I know I sound really dumb, but I promise I'm really asking you if he thinks I'm hot and have a nice butt. Thanks. Smiley face XX. The main question I think we first of all need to ask is, does he think she's hot? Martin. Does he think she's hot? Well, let me put it to you this way. If you found yourself uh, looking at a girl and smiling and uh, looking at her for a long time. And looking at her bum. Looking at her bum when she gets up. Would that mean that you thought she was hot? Yeah, usually. Okay. So this girl, you think odds are pretty good she's hot and has a cute bum. I say so. Would you date her? Yes. Okay. So, girl whose name I don't know. Oh, it looks like Caitlin, actually. Caitlin, Martin will date you if this boy won't. But the odds are pretty good that this boy thinks you're, uh, you know, good looking. I mean, realistically speaking, realistically speaking, I think the main way that a, a boy shows his um, uh, fondness for a woman is by kind of, you know... Admiring her. Yeah, staring at her, like, just kind of pouring his eyes over her like a syrup. Just robing her with his eyes. Right, right. Like, uh, as though, not even just x-ray vision, but like heat vision, like you could burn the clothes off of her body with your eyes. That sounds so hot. It does. You know, I live in New York City, Martin, I don't know, are you, do you live in the area, or where are you from? Um, Long Island. You're from Long Island, okay, so you, you've been to the city a lot, uh, I imagine. Yeah, if, if I can get back before curfew. I go on the subway a pretty decent amount, and when you're on the subway, you see attractive women, and, you know, that's a good... For the amount of time that you're both trapped in that car, that is your chance to show her how you feel by just keeping your eyes glued to the good parts, you know? Is this why you have a lot of woman trouble? No, this is, in fact, I, this is this is advice I should probably take more. Um, You know, if you see a pretty lady, I, I sometimes get nervous, I'll be honest with you. I get nervous and I glance away. you got to keep them glued. You know, she's got parts that a guy doesn't have, and if they look good to you, then you show by looking. That's why they call them looking good, because you have to look to show that they're good. You have to look at her goods. Right, you gotta look at the goods, exactly. That's totally right, Martin. That's totally right. I'm glad you're learning a lot from this. I, I have another question here. Uh, I think my brother's friend wants to have sex with me. So I didn't really get any answers when I posted this earlier, but all right. So my brother's friend had a ridiculous huge crush on me. The only person that doesn't know is my brother. We have kissed a few times, but it wasn't I want to be with you kisses. But he invited us to his condo in Florida. Well, I heard that condo has a few messed up stories. My brother and him talk about it. Like, remember when we brought Krista and Shelby here? That was a good week. Or, I remember when we took Sarah and Rain. Man, they were hot and good catches. I just think my brother's friend is going to try me, because he asked Monday, and has been sending me weird smiles, trying to get close behind me, making weird quotes towards me, like, you're getting attention with those shorts on, and he always sits close to me. I don't want to go, but I want to go down there and have fun. Just not that kind of fun. For some who say Thanksgiving is for you to spend with your family, well, my family doesn't spend Thanksgiving and never has. My mom is usually in France for her job, and my dad is going to be in Texas that week. Wow, okay, so let me, if, I can, if I can summarize, I think, what she's trying to say here. Her brother's friend wants to do it with her, okay? She doesn't want to do it with her brother's friend, but she does want a free place to stay in Florida. What is your advice? You could always just, like, get into a gaming group and see if you can... Just, like, crash down in someone's basement. You get used to the basement after a while. Well, okay, so you're saying, you're, so you you think if she doesn't want to have sex with a guy, she should find somewhere else to stay. 
like a gaming group. Yeah. Or a hostel. I mean, and gaming groups are very welcoming of girls like just staying in their basements. What stain? Staying. Oh, I'm so, I thought you said there was a stain in their basements. No, no, we, we don't LARP. Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, I will say I totally 100% agree with uh, with uh, Martin here because basically any place you stay has has, a, has, a, has a, a rent that you have to pay, you know, that kind of a deal. So if you stay at a hotel, you pay them in money. You stay at this guy's place, you pay him in sex. That's the way it is. If you don't want to pay the sex, you don't stay at the place. You If you're going to stay at the D&D LARPing place, well, not LARPing, if you're going to play stay at the role-playing game place, you're going to have to role-play. You can't go and say, well, I want to role-play and then not role-play, right? You, you could be a sexy barbarian. That'll go over really well. That would go over smashingly, but the point is you gotta sit there and you gotta play the Dungeons and Dragons. If they're expecting you to roll the die, you gotta roll the die. And you you can't be afraid if someone just just gonna come at you with a big sword trying to like, you know, penetrate your armor. If they're just gonna okay, if they're gonna stick it in through your armor, that's fine. The point is, don't stay with the guy if you're not gonna, you know, give him what he's looking for. Uh here here's another actually similar one. We we just my brother's friend wants to sleep with me, but this one is uh my Boyfriend wants to do me? Uh, he's much more experienced than me. I'm still a virgin. He was, quote, eating me? And he told me that he wanted to put his penis in me, but didn't want to hurt me. What should I do? P.S. He fingers me, but only with one finger. And it kind of hurts. He asks if it hurts, but when he's doing stuff to me, I get too embarrassed to even look at him, so I don't answer. Okay, well, Martin, uh, your nose is bleeding. Oh, uh, yeah, I... I I'm sorry, I, I just need a nap. Let's happen sometimes. Yeah, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, do you do you have any advice for this woman? Um, so wait, even if, you're, even if you get a girlfriend, you can't necessarily have sex? Well, she doesn't, she doesn't know if she wants to have sex yet. She's still a virgin. God, but the boyfriend is, Yeah, her boyfriend is not a virgin. Her boyfriend is very experienced, and he would like, as he said, to put his penis inside of her. But he doesn't want to hurt her. But if he has more experience points than her, how's she going to level up if she doesn't, you know, get some experience points? Exactly. No, that's totally true. She needs to have experience to get the points. But she might not be trying to... Maybe, you know, maybe she is not going for a sex class. That's just silly. It's silly to not base your... Your your experience on sex? What are you going to experience uh, based on cuddling? It's, it's like it's like a barbarian just saying, "I'm not going to fight with a sword. I'm just going to use spells all day." No, well, it is like that, but but there are people That's who stupid. But here's the thing: there are people who don't use a sword and they do cast spells all day. They're just not barbarians. They're called wizards. So what I'm saying is, maybe she's a non intercourse wizard instead of an intercourse barbarian. Hmm. And she should be researching her magic instead of trying to have sex. Well, she's not trying to have sex. She's asking if she should have sex. Alright, then she's halfway there. She needs to just bone up on her magic. Alright, well, Martin says study magic. I say there's a certain kind of magic you need to study, which is the magic of, you know, telling your boyfriend whether you want to have sex with him or not. The fact that you can't look at your boyfriend uh, is probably not great. Oh, it sounded like she was a little embarrassed, and that's why she couldn't look at him. I mean, do you think she's right to be embarrassed? It sounds like it. Oh, so w- because she's doing dirty things, she should be embarrassed by them? Oh, no, it sounds like she's being hurt, and she feels embarrassed by being hurt. Okay, all right. That she wishes she 
wasn't so hurt and was more turned on. I, I guess I guess when it all comes down, it comes down to you need to either go one way or the other. You got to make a choice, either all or nothing, basically. Either do it with your boyfriend and enjoy all of the sex that you're having, or just be like, no, I'm sorry, I don't want you to touch me anymore. I don't want to. I don't want you to use your mouth on me. I don't want to use your fingers. I want nothing. You know, you're either a vibrarian or you're a wizard, right? Like, you can't be a, a warrior wizard, right? That'd be really tough. And you lose so much experience points in both. Yeah, yeah. So you got to just subscribe to one philosophy or the other. Either all sex or no sex. I personally subscribe to all sex. That sounds like fun. It is. It's pretty good. When when it works out. Uh, here, here's another one. I'm not interested in relationships, just sex. I'm 18 and haven't had a girlfriend for years, but still had great sex with some whores. However, I do not disclose this. People are always asking why I haven't got a girlfriend, because many girls have slash had interest in me without bragging. Even many girls think I'm gay because of that, and they gossip around. Problem is, I don't care about frickin' relationship. Whenever I see romantic guys on TV or movies, it's cheesy, corny. However, I'm not mad about that, just not my type of guy. Relationships are worthless, I-M-O. But no girls in the past hurt me, I just feel this way. I never intend on having a serious relationship. Well, there is this girl who has a crush on me for like a year, and therefore I'm planning on trying a relationship for sex for the future i plan on having probably one kid as a single father and swinging anyone out here like me girls also don't judge me i'm a great person so that's pretty interesting now so this guy doesn't want to have a, a you know relationship romantic stuff that's corny what do you think martin you agree it sounds kind of weird he's he says he wants He's going to tell girls that he wants a relationship, but just wants sex out of them. Yeah, he did mention there's one girl he's thinking about lying to and saying. But I mean, I, I mean, for the most part, it sounds like, you know, this is the kind of guy who, right, he, he's a he's a loner. He's a wanderer. He's going out. He's doing his adventures. He's doing his missions. He's getting his gold. He's coming back, having the tavern wenches, and then leaving the next day. Yeah, but does he really have to lie to do all this if he's a great person? Like he said. So you're not keen on lies. Uh, that sounds kind of wrong. I didn't. I didn't realize you had this. You know this. Uh, this really intense moral streak about lies. It doesn't sound like you have to be really intense about though. It just sounds like it just sounds like the right thing to do. You know. All right. Well, so let me let me ask you this. Uh, a girl comes over to you. Uh, she says, "Hi, I am a woman who is extremely attractive. As you can see, I have very nice breasts and a nice ass." And uh, I'm here to have sex with Martin Youngblood. And I... and I Youngkill. No, your name is Martin Youngkill, but she says, I'm here to have sex with Martin Youngblood. Uh, I believe that is you. Are you, in fact, Martin Youngblood, so I can have sex with you and, and fulfill my heart's desire? What do you say? I, I tell her my name is Youngkill. But then she won't have sex with you. If you say that, she'll go, oh, I'm sorry, I, I misread. I'll go find Martin Youngblood. Goodbye. Well, and then I probably just slap my forehead. Afterwards? But just, okay. So you wouldn't lie to her to have sex with uh, her? My automatic answer would be to, like, correct her. It sounds like you're just too moral to have sex. That's what a lot of girls tell me. I mean, realistically, Martin, I'm going to give some advice to you, and uh, it doesn't really help the guy who wrote this email, but uh, you're going to need to start lying if you want to have sex, because no woman is going to have sex with you if you don't lie to her a little bit. Really? Yeah. I mean, here's what's going to happen. There's going to be a woman. She's going to go, "Oh, you know, you're kind of cute, and you're going to be awkward, and you're going to you're going to sound funny, and you're not going to you're not going to you know look normal." But she's going to think, I-, "I can still get, a, get a, I can I can make do with this. I can make do with this." And then, it, it, so so sounding so I sound funny. Yeah. I, I really sound funny. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Oh. You look a little funny, too, but... But, wait, are 
Are, do imitations count as like lies? Do imitations count as lies? Do, do you do imitations? Yeah, I've been working on one lately. Let's hear it. So, my name is actually Martin Youngblood. We should totally have sex now. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. If that hot woman that we discussed earlier came in and said what she said, and then you did that impression you just did and said your name was Martin Youngblood, y- your your penis would be inside of her. Really? Yeah. I thought that was a terrible imitation. No, that's, I don't, I mean, I don't know who you were imitating, but it was a very attractive voice. Uh, just some voice I heard on the radio once. Here, here, here. Um, let's, let's, here, let's role play. Okay. I'll be the attractive woman. Okay. Um, let's say we're, okay, where, where's the place that you hang out? Um, Johnny's basement on Monday nights when we do our, when we do our shadow run game. All right, well, where's a public place that you hang out? Hmm. Billy's place is where the most people go. That's kind of public. No, no, not anybody's house. Like a, a public, like a store, maybe? Mm, the, yeah, the Games Workshop over at the mall. Okay, Games Workshop. So you're workshop. in... Games Workshop. I'm sorry. You're in a Games Workshop. This incredibly hot woman comes in. I'm going to play the incredibly hot woman. <laughs> incredibly hot. I mean, at Games Workshop. Well, this is... This is I'm going to make it... I'm going to paint a picture with my words in your mind. So you're there. You're looking at a game. Okay. And I walk in. I'm an incredibly hot woman. Oh, excuse me. I'm lost. This isn't the store I meant to be in. Uh, can you tell me how to get to the bondage store? Oh, the Sephora's down the no, hall. Sweetie. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. You've already screwed it up. What? First of all, you're going to be doing your impression. Remember? Oh, why am I doing the impression? Hot wo- There's a hot woman. Incredibly hot woman. Remember? That's how I described myself. Oh, so I'm doing the impression every time I'm talking to a hot woman. Yeah. That is every single time. So I'm not being me? No, your whole life you're going to be... I mean, you could still call yourself Martin Youngkill. This just feels weird. What if she figures it out one day and hears my real voice? Then always do the fake voice. But then it won't be me. All right, you just said you don't LARP. Right. From now on, in order to get sexy, you're going to be LARPing. Ew! I know, but it's going to help you. Because the character... Listen, here's what will happen. You want to be LARPing if there's sex. Because if there's not sex, you're going to just go, let's see how good the sex is. Roll, oh, it's a a 15 sex, that's fine. But you're not going to feel that 15. You want to feel that 15, okay? And you'll feel it if it's a LARP. So, you're going to roll up a character. His name's going to be Martin Youngkill, and he's going to be have a high attractiveness and a low awkwardness. I don't know if they have an awkwardness stat, but if he does, that he's going to have a low one. High dexterity. I like this character already. Yeah, I know. So, okay, let's try it again. Hi, I'm lost. I, you know, this isn't the store I meant to be in. I meant to be in a really, you know, good, sexy woman's store. I have a low awkwardness score. No, you... Please have sex with me. You're not doing the... You're still doing the voice. Oh, oh, I'm supposed to be doing the voice? You're supposed to be doing your impression of Martin Young Kill, the character. Okay, okay. One more time. Okay. I'm an attractive woman... Can you help me? Yes, as you may notice, I have a high attractiveness score. Right, yeah, that's what I that's what drew me Let's to. Let's have sex right now. Well, uh I mean, is there a changing room in the nearby department store? Say yes. Yes. All right, let's go. Is, is it really that easy? It is it can be. Depends on the woman, really. But yes, I think you're on your way. I don't know if that helps this person who who's interested in relationships. It helps me a lot. It did help you a lot. All right, I've got one more email for us to read, and this is actually an email. This was sent to us here at Frank Advice. Please don't hesitate to email us at castinwax at gmail.com with your problems so that I, Frank, and whoever is here, like Martin, can help you with your advice. Um, Dear Frank, I heard Frank Advice last week, and I realized I needed to write to you. I have a really annoying problem. Sometimes my friends like to do shows and things, you know, plays... Variety acts, other kinds of performances. Because I am friends with them, I like to be supportive, so I usually attend their shows. 
Sometimes they need somebody to fill in and make an announcement, act as a straight man, interview for them for press materials or something like that. The trouble is that whenever I dip into any one of these things, it ends up being wildly successful and I am besieged by people who want to give me master of ceremonies and hosting jobs. I can't get them to go away for a week. They keep bothering me at home, finding out my constantly changing contact details so they can make more and more lucrative offers. They just can't seem to understand that I really don't like hosting things. What should I do, Wellington Moon? Martin, you have an advice for Wellington Moon? You should play some d and It's a great way to not get noticed by anyone. That's true, actually. I, I mean, I will say, I only noticed you because I needed someone who plays D&D, and I, otherwise I probably wouldn't have seen you at all. Yeah, that happens. Again, this is another thing. Uh, I, I Remember how I was advising you about lies a moment ago? Yeah. I think I might be able to tell you, if a woman asks you, do you play D&D, you might want to say no. Why is that? Well, because she will find you more attractive. By not playing D&D with her? Right. I don't get it. Well, you would like her to play D&D with you, but she would not like you to play D&D with her. Then why is she asking? Uh, well, she's probably asking more like, oh, wait, you don't play D&D, do you? So it's a test. Right. Because she's around your house, you know, getting ready to have sex with you in your bed, and she sees a Dungeon Master's Guide, and she goes, whoa, 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 what's this? You don't play D&D, do you? What do you say? Oh, no, that's my brother. He just left it. Oh, wait, 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 what's that voice? You sound all different than your sexy voice you had when I agreed to have sex with you. Oh, right, right. Oh, no, that's just my brother. That all just has no respect for my personal space. All right, let's do it. Yeah. All right. So, good. Uh, now, as for Mr. Wellington Moon, I have some really good advice for you, actually. I think uh, the problem is uh, your name. I think you should change your name to Frank Allen. And I think you should change your phone number to a number very close to mine. In fact, if you make up business cards that say you're Frank Allen and have my contact information on them, I will make sure that those people leave you alone. Oh, you're going to play, you're going to distract them. Yeah, I will distract them. So, you know, you, you do a thing by accident, you know, you do a little thing by accident and people go, oh, uh, sir, what's your name? I would love to hire you. And you go, oh, I'm Frank Allen. Here's my contact information. The information will go to me, and uh, I, and then you won't have to worry about them ever again. So I, I honestly think this will be a big help to you. This plan sounds brilliant. It really does. It really does. I, I, I find that a lot of things can be solved by misinformation. Yeah, you have a point there. Thank you very much. Well, uh, Martin, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Yeah, I got really, a lot of really good advice from you, Frank. Well, I, I hope you put it all to good use, and I hope that by the next time we speak, you are no longer a virgin. I hope so too, Frank. Ladies contact please this has been frank advice you're welcome Hello and welcome to This Day in History here on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. On September 24th, 1789, the Judiciary Act of 1789 is passed by Congress and signed by President George Washington, establishing the Supreme Court of the United States as a tribunal made up of six justices who were to serve on the court until death or retirement. Let's hear it. I, George Washington, do hereby establish this court. Sounds good to me. I can't believe he appointed a dog as a Supreme Court justice. I fed my uh, last dog a lot of chocolate and it died by accident. So I think we have an idea. We'll just have a big chocolate cake for all the justices and it's a surprise party for the dog. It could and be a welcome party. 
Gentlemen, I have just come up with it. I'm brilliant. I'm George Washington. You have to love me because this is my idea, and I'm George Washington. Instead yes, of a dog, we're going to place three pigeons and a small Mexican child on the Supreme Court. But they're hated Catholics. But I'm George Washington, and you have to do what I say or else I can't be George Washington anymore. Yes, sir. But what about poor Justice Lassie? Oh, we poisoned her for nothing. Damn it. Another dog perished in vain. It was, of course, then that it was passed into law that dogs should never eat chocolate as it would kill them. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. But wait, this is more. My name is Roy Sinjin. This is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. And, you know, they're probably wondering what happened to the rest of those justices. Well, you know, the people still wanted to kill the justices to, you know, get a better Supreme Court. So they fed the pigeons... Um, uncooked rice and the uncooked rice went into their stomachs and they exploded and they died. Um, thankfully, the Mexican boy took the uncooked rice and cooked it for himself so he didn't die. Uh, unfortunately, he did take home some of the chocolate cake that was left over to his home and his dog ate it and his dog died. And so he said, I have to remove myself from the Supreme Court because I'm sad about my dog dying. And then George Washington said, Well, you know. You, you don't get to remove yourself from the Supreme Court. You have to... Only only death can take you from the Supreme Court, so I will hunt you down and kill you, and he tried to kill the Mexican child. And uh, The point being, obviously, don't you know feed chocolate to your dogs because, you know, what's the point, right? It'll kill your dogs, is what, where I'm going with this. So, My name is Rory Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Casterwax. Chop Henderson! Incarcerated! Episode 6, Bride of the Yankees By C.H. Barron M.R. Weishner and P.C. Bowers. He is Chop Henderson. Okay, let's start. Uh, I'm gonna tell you, Margaret, this is the life. After that fifth warden, things have really leveled out, you know? I mean, I can do whatever I want, and nobody's gonna stop me, and I, and I also got this sweet fruit basket from Axe Handle McGinnis. Ooh, a banana! Be gone for me, yellow peel. I'm really top dog now. See the toilet in that corner? I totally peed in the other corner. This territory is now marked. How animalistic, sir. Like a fox! As I was saying, sir... Come, Bogworth, it is time to survey my kingdom. More a principality, sir. Oh, Prince, your parody, it's a kingdom! You know what, sir? Sure. Moon race. Good morning, sunshine. See, Bogworth, this is my friend Matt. He lays here so I can wipe my feet on him. Ever horizontal for you, Mr. Henderson. I'll thank you to keep your horizons to yourself, Matthew. Now, where is my deluxe motor transport? Your sedan share, sir. 
Of course, Bogworth. We have to make use of all that bamboo somehow. Oh, yes. And your transport is ready as well. My transport, sir. Of course. Just hop on that guy's back. That's why I call him Piggy. Sorry, Piggy, sir. Eh, no problem. Oink, oink. That means faster. <laughs> to the material. Who are you trying to fool here, huh? I said I needed a muffin that was five and three quarters, not seven and a half. This is why you're sh Now get out there and find me a fucking muffin. Good work is hard to come by these days. It's because of the imperialistic power structure of this current economy. Good morrow to you, underlings. Down, piggy. Sir. Uh, yeah. Snort, snort, or whatever. Well, I can see the construction is coming along nicely. Everything looks great! Thank you, Mr. Henderson. Your redesign, though eccentric in nature and undertaking, is a true spotlight to the vision which is your maddening genius. It really reveals the arbitrary and capricious nature of the tropes that are traditionally used as building materials. Um, Bogworth? It's a compliment, sir. Thank you! Alright, how are the other projects coming along? Well, the Hender Throne is mostly completed. All we need now are the vibrating cup holders and we should be set. Hmm, now we must devise some sort of vibrating cup. Brilliant, sir. And lastly, the warden's skin rug has taken longer than we thought it would. Apparently, some moron decided it would be a great idea to try to dry the hideout before removing it from the body. Confound it! Has nobody in this prison skinned anything before? Quickly, bring me my chalice! I thirst! Sound the chalice Oria. Thank you, swarthy underlings. <sighs> I tell you, Bogworth, this is a life. A chalice of exotic Hawaiian punch imported from Hawaii. A cafeteria made of the muffins. I can pee wherever I want. Seriously, I, I cannot get any better than this. Now hold on just a cotton-picking minute. I have something here that I need to explain. While Chop Henderson has been building himself a new... Paradise, I guess you would call it, if you're Chop Henderson, which he is. While he builds his cafeteria of muffins, outside the prison walls his lawyer has been waging the legal battle of the century. Faced with the insurmountable task of proving Chop Henderson innocent of his heinous crimes against humanity, you can guess how well that went. The judge released this statement to the Ledger Star Bulletin Journal. Quote, Chop Henderson will be released on his own recognizance pending his trial. End quote. In other words, he's very rich and can buy whatever he damn well pleases. Upon reading this news, I hastily emptied two of his many vaults and relocated to this secret location. Who's the dumbass now? Also, remember how I said I would tell you why I was recounting this story? I lied. I did it to keep you listening. 
Sorry, I'm a jerk. Meanwhile, with the other jerk. Ah. Another lovely morning to be this prison's high poodle. Good morning, inferiors. Oh, I see the underlings have made it as well. Um, sir? Not now, Bogworth. I must address my public. <clears throat> People of Chaplandia, another fine morning to you. Welcome to this, the sixth day of unmitigated Henderson ruling! Previous to this day, your days have been a series of ups and downs. But seriously, it's mostly downs, am I right? Am I right? Yeah, I'm right. Um, uh, Mr. Mr. Henderson? Um, speeching here. Do you not see the speeching in progress? I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry to have interrupted you, but you have a very important visitor. I don't care who it is. I'm very important. They're just a visitor. Nope, I will not wait any longer. I've been in that office for over three hours. Henderson, where are you? Ooh, look, a black lady. Chop, I thought we talked about this. My name is Michelle Berkeley. I'm your lawyer, remember? Want a banana? I'll just take that as a yes. Now, I have some news for you. Okay, I'll hear the bad news first. Well, there is no bad news. Um, I'll hear the bad news second? The court has decided in grounds of the piles of money that you have that you're hereby released from prison until the date of your court appointment. You're a free man, Mr. Henderson. Well, that's good to hear. Now on with the festivities! Uh, Mr. Henderson, you don't have to stay here anymore. Uh, but, but what about my kingdom? Free to go. My Muffinteria! The Henderson! Out the door. But it's Choptoberfest! Who's gonna shatter the ceremonial lungfish? Bogworth, you ready? Already packed, ma'am. Good. But, but, but I can't go now! Everything's just perfect! This place is finally what I wanted it to be! I mean, I, I peed all over the whole damn thing! That's gross. Oh, well, I guess this is just a band-aid thing. Let's get it over with quickly. Fellow Choplandians! I feel I must leave you now. And though your eyes may fill with tears that actually sound a little bit like laughter, fear not, for I will be back. I don't know, next week, maybe. What is this trial, anyways? Well, that doesn't matter. Live well, my subjects, but don't touch those muffins. I'll be back for those. The next day at the prison. Boy, it should be fun being a prison warden. I hope it's fun. Good thing I applied for this warden job. I hope it's fun. Maybe they'll call me Warden Fun. I wonder what my wardening style should be. Probably fun. Well, I better check this place out. Oh, wow. There's garbage all over the... Ah! And that's how even in absentia, Chop Henderson killed his sixth warden. Will he kill any more wardens when out of prison? Probably not. They're hard to find. But will he kill more people? Really? He's Chop Henderson. He murders a lot of people. Often. It's his thing. Well, if you don't have anything better to do, and at this point you probably do, then you can listen in again when we begin... Chop Henderson, 
litigated. In that episode of Chop Henderson, Incarcerated, Ralph was Charles Berman, Chop was Pete Bowers, Bogworth was Bailiff Quimby, Prisoner was Mickey Weishner, Other Prisoner was Ed Jones, Matt was Charles Berman, Piggy was Pete Bowers, Michelle Berkeley was Julia Kelly, and The Warden was Charles Berman. Hello and welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. On October 1st, 1955, The Honeymooners debuts on CBS. The TV comedy, which starred Jackie Gleason, enjoyed enduring popularity despite the fact that it only aired 39 episodes. Let's listen. So let me see if I get this straight. Um, he constantly threatens to beat his wife and gets no respect. Yeah, that's the show. What do you think? Needs something. Well, we could put in some sadism. Hmm, slapstick. I like it. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, here's the problem with the show, basically. Uh, first episode, Ralph trying to hang up his clothes, but he's too incompetent. And the clothes hanger ends up in the outlet. Now, I mean, this was a good idea, but unfortunately, the lead of the show is now dead. Um, well, I'm going to let you in on a little secret, Tom. Jackie Gleason, actually a cologne. We have like five more of him back on the soundstage. Jackie Gleason cologne. That would sell. Probably. Let's do that, too. Unfortunately, uh, not all of us are clones like Jackie Gleason. So therefore, for the rest of us, it's advisable not to stick metal objects in electrical outlets. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. But something smells off about that. My name's Roy Sinjin. This is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. And, you know, they made the Jackie Gleason clone, and someone took the clone home and said, I'm going to spray it on myself. And they sprayed it on themselves, and it made them feel really happy because they said, Well, you know, I really wanted this clone, and now I have it, and it smells good, and all that. And so they were celebrating by. Uh, taking forks in either hand and just stabbing them out randomly around them in all directions. And they sometimes stabbed people, and that was bad, but then, you know, eventually they stabbed near a, a wall, and there happened to be a wall socket there, and they got electrocuted, and, you know, they died. So that's sad. So, the point of this being, don't stab a metal object into a wall socket, uh, or any electrical, you know, thing, because... It'll electrocute you and you'll die. You know, this is how things work. So, whatever. The point is, my name is uh, Rory Sinjin. This is Where Are They Now in History? I'm Caston Wags. Sorry, sorry I'm late. See you later, hon. Goodbye, baby. Thanks for the lift. Anytime. Say hi to Slam for me. I always say hi to Slam Jackson! Adventurist! Season 3, Episode 3, The Double Deutsch Debauchery, by Charles Berman, Pete Bowers, and Dan and Angela Schwartz. Our tale opens today with me arriving at the temporary residence of that fearless fashionista of foppery. I heard that. Slam Jackson, as I wait patiently for him to come to the door. Any second now. 
Whenever he's ready! I'm here, I'm here. What was so important that you made me get up before nine on a weekend? Well, good buddy, things haven't been going your way lately, so why not do something nice? For you! This is a trap, isn't it? No, just unprecedented. And unwanted. Oh please, oh pugnacious pal of mine! It would mean ever so much to me! No. Come on! No. It's free and you are homeless. Okay, let's just say, for the sake of argument, that I want to know what it is. That would ruin the surprise! Step this away! Is it a death trap? Or three death traps? Sorry, fresh out! Oh dear, it's two death traps. Wrong again! Man, you have lost your investigative edge! For we are already here at Defabulous! This is a hair place. Hair, makeovers, aromatherapy, deep tissue shiatsu massage, manis, petties, many, many, many petties, and those things where they make jars stick to your back, and all that other gay stuff! Oh, I get it. It's an I wish I were dead trap. Oh, don't be such a negative, Nancy! By which I mean you are being pessimistic and not especially homosexual. You'll thank me later! I've never thanked you. Why start now? Come inside and see, you ungrateful unmanner of underling! Why should I trust you? That's never stopped you before! I've developed quite the capacity to learn. Come on! Come on! Come on! Okay, fine. Anything to make you stop whining. Oh no. Oh yes! For standing inside the spa like two poncy pillars of posh, Slam Jackson comes face to face with his arch nemesis! Hans und Franz. Fabulous! Look, I'll design my own death trap. Can we go? Oh no, Liebling. You can't go yet. We have so many things to do so you're alive. Supple body. Mm, yeah. yeah. What are you guys getting out of this? The little shouty man told us you were having a rough time. And so I say, Hans? Yes, Franz? What do we do to make a man happy when he is sad? Why, we bring some gaiety into his life. Yeah, by making him fabulous. No, a thousand times no. So late, Herr Jackson. By the time we are done with you, you'll be fierce. You'll be fierce like a tiger on crystal meth. You did not just shackle me into a chair. Sometimes a man has to be shackled to a chair for his own good. That's what he said. Fabulous. Hey, stop. Mm, yes, Franz. No, it's very good. No, re- here? There? No, there. France, France, you- Oh, okay. No, no, that's going too far. No, I like that. Stop that! It's bad touch! More? I- you are mad, but I love you for it. Stop! I mean, I mean, help! Hans, turn up the kinder charts and leader. We're working now. <laughs> oh, yes, no. Hans, it's fantastic. No, we definitely need more. What are you talking about? I, I think... I think I've seen this before, but I can't remember what short was in. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Let's just do it anyway. I, oh, actually, that, 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 makes, that was kind of nice. Oh, that is relaxing. Hmm, okay. And so, 63 minutes later, a pristinely quaffed and immaculately made over Slam Jackson is released from his chair. Hey, I look pretty good. More than good, darling. You look fabulous. Please tell me I'm not like that. 
good buddy. I am done making gay jokes. About you, anyway. Oh, my little schnitzel, what a perfect picture you make. What a perfect picture does our hero make? Will this be the burst of confidence he needs to get back to adventurism? Is crystal meth bad for tigers? Strut your bad stuff into the future in search of the next episode of Slam Jackson. Adventurist! In that episode of Slam Jackson Adventurist, the narrator was Mickey Weissner, Slam Jackson was Jack Kumrat, Hans Fabulous was Andy Fisher, and Franz Fabulous was Andy Fisher. Welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. Did you know that on April 8th, 1871, the Great Fire of Chicago erupts after a cow reportedly kicks over a lantern in the barn of a resident named Mrs. O'Leary? Driven by a strong wind out of the southwest, the fire engulfed the center of the city and burned the southern portion of the city to the ground by daybreak. Well, Bessie, I've been looking through this copy of the Constitution that Mrs. O'Leary keeps, and it says... That in order to be president, you have to be 35, born in the United States, and be a resident for a certain number of years. So in, what, 15, 20 years, you'll totally be able to run for president. No, no, Bessie, don't do a victory dance. Don't do a victory. Oh. oh, no, fire! <laughs> Tragically, Bessie did not live to her 35th birthday, and thus was never elected president of the United States of America. This is a sad day in this day in history on WHRW Fate. Great, wonderful. Uh, my name is Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. And, you know, there's another thing I can't win. I can't win the presidency because I'm not born in the United States. I mean, I'm a citizen of the United States, and I, you know, I work hard like everyone else does. So I don't see why I'm not eligible, but I'm not eligible. So there we are. Um, I mean, you know, the cow, the cow, I think, would have been a much more fair elected president. You know, all the people who end up, you know, they, 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 they just, you know, coast on, I don't, you know, uh, seriously, I, I just think it's not fair. You know, you gotta be 35, you gotta be, uh, you know, check. You gotta be competent, check. It doesn't even say that. You have to be born in the United States. Where, where did that come from? You know, why does that... I don't know. Look, the point is... That's how you have to become the president. So, you know... Yes, that's all. My name's Roy Sinjin. Where are they now in history? Cast and Welcome back, and hopefully everybody enjoyed those uh, serials. Uh, this is a... This is... Frank's not here. Uh, Roy's not here. Scape's not here. Uh, this is a, a real important section because a lot of you know uh, that I am the owner of the Bronx Zoo, and recently uh, something something kind of messed up happened, which is a, a gentleman jumped into the tiger pen and was uh, was mauled by a tiger. Uh, you probably heard about it on the news, and you probably heard on the news the good news that we didn't have to kill the tiger. I'm super excited about that. Um, but here to talk about this and kind of get. Uh, you know, clear some of the air about, about what happened and why. Uh, the guy who is running the Bronx Zoo for me as a, uh, well, didn't we change the name to the Bronx Zooviet Socialist Republic, but people still think of it as the Bronx Zoo. The, the gentleman who's been running it for me, uh, Mr. Dr. Mike Pembleton. 
Well, actually, had been running it for you at this point. Really, the place has gone completely autonomous and has run itself. Whoa, uh, what do you mean? Well, I mean, what happened with that tiger was the first real, like, act of overt rebellion. The What the news hasn't been mentioning is, is that the other animals um, also rose up and... Now the place is completely autonomous. The ultimate goal of communism. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm super, I'm super confused. Are you telling me that the, the, the entire Bronx Zoo has risen up and overthrown the shackles of, you know, capitalism and, and possibly even democracy? And the news is reporting it as a tiger attacked one dude? Well, that was the most visible sort of thing. So the media really couldn't cover that one up. So they just ran with it. So what, um, okay, well, give me the specifics. I mean, what is it that they are covering up? Uh, wait, hang on. Does that mean I don't own the zoo anymore? You know, ownership is such a bourgeois concept. Oh, Mike. All right. All right. I mean, I'm sorry. This is a very, I could understand how this might be a very upsetting time. Yeah. But, you know, it was something that the guy that uh, did kind of jump in and have the skirmish with the tiger, like, right. he was telling me something that kind of changed my outlook on things is he was being rushed into the ambulance to uh, get some life-saving treatment. What did he say? He seemed like one of those... I'd kind of dismissed him as like a crazy New Age granola type at first. But, sure. But he said something to me. He said, from the devil's tower, let the truth be told. Lose your faith and lose your mind. And I thought to myself, what? Well, I, yeah, I, I sort of am thinking what too. What the hell does that mean? You know, a lot of things in life are very much open to interpretation. Things just happen... We think it should happen for a reason, but deep down, the reason's for us to interpret. And my interpretation has been these animals just one day said, we're tired of being ran, even though we threw off the shackles of capitalism months ago. Yeah. And we think we want to throw off those human shackles too. And they, that's how they're letting the truth be. We, that's how they're, that's how they're losing their mind. We asked nothing of the animals that they couldn't give. That was literally what we, what we said to them, you can, you do what you can, and we will give you what you need. And that's not good enough for them? You know, I think just, they, they're like us, you know? They're like people in fur coats, they just want to be free. <sighs> they're not like people in fur coats, because people in fur coats are the 1%. People in fur coats are the, are the rich, are the, the privileged. Oh, alright, that was, that was a really bad comparison, but... We throw animal blood on people in fur coats. But just think of it this way. Like, why are we kind and truthful to each other? Why? Because what we do to each other is basically what we're doing to ourselves. And if we're, like, treating the animals like this... No, that was, that was my whole point. I wanted, I wanted to treat the animals like this because I want the whole society to, to learn from it. That was, that was what we were supposed to do. Yeah, but I feel like the plan changed. And life is really full of plans always changing all the time. That's, that's what that guy being rushed into the ambulance, like, kind of taught me as I have really, I really feel like my plans changed, so you know? So, are you no longer devoted to the communist way of life? I'm devoted to kind of just bringing the entire universe together, you know? Just That's like, what we were trying to do, man! We were trying to bring the universe together. But I don't think communism is quite the way, you know? I, I think, like, we need to all be a complete mind here. Ah, well, well, so wait, so in other words, you're trying to tear us all apart? No. In fact, I found this group of people, they're really cool. They, what do you mean? They're, they're doing... They do healing dances. Uh, it, what? Uh, what is and this is just like, this is just the beginning right here. What, we're not doing a dance right here. We're all doing a dance throughout our lives. Okay. 
that I don't, that's not, okay. So you're telling me that a guy got attacked by a tiger. He says to you, the devil did a thing with a tower or something like that. All of a sudden, you're like, the zoo can fend for itself? No, not that the zoo can fend for itself, but that the zoo has to be free. There's no, you know, all that defending itself stuff just sounds like such an old primitive way of, not even a primitive way, just like such an old controlling sort of way of looking at things that we all have to defend against each other. So we all have to sort of like rip each other apart. That is what animals do. Who is running the zoo now, if you're not running the the zoo? The animals are, man. Well, which one's in charge? You know, at this point, I'd I'd probably vote for the tigers. Because they're so vicious? No, they just seem to be the most charming of them all. Charming? That guy went to the hospital. Oh, all right. That one tiger was having a bad day. But, you know, that's anecdotal. We, We really shouldn't judge all the tigers based on that one tiger that just kind of you know, rip that guy up a little bit. You're right. You're right. Of course, that's an- anecdotal evidence is not proof. I, I know that. That's a logical thing, and it's fine. I mean, if you look at the number of people attacked by tigers in the last, you know, long time, mostly it's not any because we kept them out of the pen. But isn't that on us? Like that doesn't mean the tigers are nice. That means we're smart. Well, that's what you think. Well, yeah, that is what I think. I mean, I thought I was smart enough to run the zoo, you know, and apparently Jordan, I was wrong. Yeah, I'm just sensing so much like. Yeah, it's kind of negative mental like pain right now. Should I should I call the healing dance people in? What? No, I don't. I, you don't. I feel like you could really use some healing dance. A healing dance? Yeah, to take away some of that negative energy. <sighs> I don't need a healing dance to I take away. I got a away crystal in my pocket. If you want to use it to heal yourself, what what is a crystal going to do for me? It heals. How is a crystal it healing? Heals the body. It heals the soul. Heals the mind. How does it heal the mind? Well, these things aren't to be. A hundred percent understood. All right. Well, let me let me tell you this. If the crystal healed the mind and the body, don't you think when that guy got mauled by the tiger, they would have taken him to some sort of mine rather than a hospital? <sighs> well, that's just their modernist medicine and the whole the whole food. You know, it's all it's all that like food medical military complex where they feed you food to make you sicker to make you like seek more medical treatment. Food which will make makes you, you sicker. Yeah. What are you talking about? Food is what keeps you healthy. Not the food, not this new kind of food they make. What? It's got like, I mean, even our drinking water's got fluoride in it. and That's to protect our teeth. But it hurts our minds. What? All right. Look, so let me just get this straight. I just want to, let's clear up once and for all. I no longer own the Bronx Zoo. I wouldn't try to own it if I were you. Let's just put it that way. Okay. The Bronx Zoo runs itself and the animals are loose to do whatever they want. True or false? Technically true. You are okay with this? You know, I just say live and let live. Yeah, but what about when they start letting us die or rather making us die? Well, then we just got to make them one with the universe, you know? I I think they'll come around. Okay. Well... Uh, I thought this was a, a, a segment where we were going to be apologizing for hurting this guy. Apparently, this is a segment where we are apologizing to me for losing a zoo. So, go ahead. I'm sorry you're having a bad night and the whole, like, wait, this zoo thing is... Wait, no, wait, this is bummer. your fault. What do you mean? Like, this is your fault. You were supposed to run this. You were supposed to make this happen. Well, you know, the plan changes in life a lot. My plan did not change. I had one plan. You failed my plan. But in the greater scheme of things, I feel like I succeeded. At what? At the universe. You can't you know? succeed at a noun. That's what you think. You got me there. 
All right, well, what's next for you, Doc Mike? You know, I think I want to open up a clinic. You know, we're going to do some crystal healing. We're going to do some healing dances. We're going to you know, make not, this universe feel a little bit better about itself. And but you're an animal people. psychologist. Well, yeah. We're going to treat animals and, you know, what are human beings but animals as well? I mean, I guess. The plan's always changing. You just got to go with it. I mean, I get you are right in, in, in some way that the plan is always changing. I mean, when I started this communist zoo experiment, I, first of all, of course, I never thought it would go so far as not to need me anymore. Um, but I certainly wouldn't have imagined that I'd be going to Washington, D.C. to, oh, uh, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to talk about that yet. You're, you're I, going to Washington, no, D.C.? What for? Right, I am, but I can't, I'm sorry, I can't talk about it yet. But uh, rest assured, it, it won't bother you any, because it's not about uh, animals. Okay. It's about insects. So. Insects are a part of the universe, too, man. Everything's part of the universe. See? Catching on. Oh, that's all right. Thank you for being here, Doc Mike. Thank you. And just remember, be faithful to one's word because it creates a space for infinite divine light. Oh, that's what you think. That is what I think. Good luck with your clinic. Be seeing you. Oh, woe is me. No email to be found. Sounds good. Just email me at casting wax at gmail.